When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Her special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean, Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, why not Gary Busey calls in. Being very, very Busey. Next on The Best Of... Playing a little Michael Jackson. I like it. It works for me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at Tom Bernard Show. Gary Busey joins us. How are you doing, sir? Gary. Gary. All right, I don't know what to tell you. I forget. I don't know. what It's not working for someone. I can hear him. Oh, there he is. Oh, okay, good. That's fine. That's not a problem at all. Take his time. Um, no, I'm talking about 
Gary Busey. I talked to him uh, last week about this uh, before Gary pops on. Gary Busey, uh, what is a Buseyism? I take the letters that spell a word to create a definition for the word in the truth of its deeper dimensional meaning. I weave in my personal anecdotes along with uh, my musings on how I live life successfully. According to my experiences, who am I? A genius, a crazy madman to give advice. Um, on the front, and what is Bible again, Andy? Oh, basic instructions before leaving Earth? Yeah, there you go. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. That's exactly what he's talking about, that kind of thing. And is that actually where the word Bible came from? I don't think so. Oh, you don't the think Bible so? Comes from, the Bible comes from a long time ago. The writers were inspired to write it by the spiritual effects going on in their system. And the Bible is basic constructions before leaving Earth. I'm a full-blooded, throttle-up Christian. Every religion has their own thing, but so what? Uh, that's not about the book. The book is about my life's experience. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And what I've been through, it's where I am now. And it's motivational inspiring to all the readers because they are going through things in their life. And they can read what I've gone through and see, oh, yeah, I can do that for me. And it's a great book of understanding yourself. That's and I'm a- very happy to have it. Talking to you. Oh yeah, I'm very and happy. All to have you. Thank you. No, no, I was just saying I'm I'm really happy to have you on, Gary. I love talking to you because you see things. I think I see things in a different light than most people, and I think you do. Uh, you you view the world from your own, I guess, lens. I, I really enjoy that about talking to you because you have different takes on things than just the mundane same thing every day. I, I admire that in you. Thank you very much, and I will tell you this. That there are 360 ways to see an elephant. If you put that elephant in the center of a circle and move around the circle one degree at a time, you'll see that same elephant from 360 perspectives. There's so many that more than there's much more than one way to see one thing. And the book talks about that with the dealings I had with life and now telling all everything out of body, death, brain surgery, cancer, two divorces, bankruptcy. But other than that, it's been smooth. Yeah, Yeah, I I just, I really enjoyed, like I said, going through the book Buseyisms. I like your your perspective on different things. Uh, You worked on that quite a bit. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you. No, it's my great pleasure. Seriously, I've, you know, I, you you know, I know this, but you you wouldn't remember this, but I've been interviewing you on on, uh, the, the KQ Morning Show for like 32 years now, something like that. But I've always enjoyed having Oh, some All them? What's that? Sorry? What? Can you recall some of the interviews we had? Yeah, you were always a really good guy, but you always had a different slant on everything, which I really like. I, you know, hearing the same thing, um, you know, and I, I, this is not, uh, you know, a weird thing to say at all, but, but uh, there are some d- discussions and arguments about people. If you don't see things the way that I do, then I, I don't like you. I like your view. You could see the same elephant from 360 different angles. It's the same elephant, but you can see. Oh, yay! That's it. Yay, Minion! <laughs> see, that's why I like talking to you, Gary. You're, you're very enthusiastic, which I like. But I do. Uh, I, I think. Love to give with love. That's what the book is. Yep, absolutely. What I do want to do is, is because the last time I talked to you, you went through a, f- a few of the different ones. I want to shut up now and just listen to Gary Busey talk about Buseyisms. I'd, I'd love to hear more about it. 
Okay. Well, I realized about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I was writing in a journal about all the negative things that happened to me. How I was betrayed in this relationship. How I was lied to in this. And I realized, damn, this hurts. Okay, what are you doing? You're dealing with the past. The abuse isn't for the word past. P-A-S-T is preoccupation about spent time. You want to get out of your past. So I said, okay, I'm out of the past. Okay, what's now? Now, N-O-W, no other way. You've got to be in the center of now as now is constantly moving in your life as you move through your life. And it's a lovely place to be when you realize there's more than one way to see things, like I said about the elephant. The same way with the abuse isms. About 150 of them, they're in the back of the book. And what you do, you take letters, spell the word, and create a definition. Like the word relationship. Really exciting love affair. Turns into overwhelming nightmare. <laughs> Sobriety. Peril. <laughs> I love that. See, that's what I'm talking about. How long does that take? How long does that take to, to develop? I mean, relationship. How long did it take you to say, hey, look, i got to turn that into something, what it really means? Do these things take hours sometimes? I would imagine. No, they're instantly. Really? Because you're not thinking. It comes through you. And that's the only way the purity, the truth, the art will hit the heart of the viewer and the listener. The purity that comes through your heart without any distractions, any thinking, anything to get in your own way invisibly will stop the truth flowing. The flowing of the truth is beautiful. Truth, T-R-U-T-H, stands for taking real understanding to heart. See? Truth. I love that. Gary, do you, you know, look, you've been very successful your whole life. You've been in the public eye your whole life. and all, You know, it seems at, at this juncture, you're very, very happy with how life turned out. You're very happy to have the faith you have and to have the, the thoughts that you have. You've done everything, whether it be books, movies, television, whatever. You've done it all. So isn't it wonderful to be in a great place right now in your life? It just seems like you're very happy. It's like heaven on earth. And I'm very happy, extremely happy. And I, I, love, I love to be alive. I love to breathe. I love my family. I love all my friends. And you know, you think you have, when you think you have an enemy on earth and you're mad at that enemy or angry or want to get revenge, those enemies are only here to show you things about yourself you need to change. So in the truth of it all, enemies are friends in reverse. Look at it all the way around the circle. Feel it all the way around the circle. Smell it all the way around the circle. And taste it all around the circle. That's your five senses working for your behalf. That works for me. I guarantee it works for me. Another thing that I like about talking to you, Gary, is that... Now uh, we're getting somewhere! <laughs> <laughs> you sound excited, so that's good. Um, you, you need to stay excited. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll share something with you that you have for yourself. I have about 15 sub-personality parts, mm -hmm. and one of my sub-personalities, his name is Pesky the Excitable Boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should have one of those. You know... That, by coincidence, was my next question for you, Gary, is part of it, your thoughts of, because I look back all the time in my life, you and I are approximately the same age, somewhere in there anyway, but I look back on, matter of fact, I, I do it all the time, look back on when I was four or five years old, six years old, ten years old, whatever, all the different things that I thought, 
Some were true, some were untrue. But that experience of going through life as a little boy and then a young man, then a teenager and all that. I love looking back at all that stuff because I try to learn from what happened, you know? But you're not trying to learn. You are learning. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's a word try. This isn't for the word try. It's tomorrow's really yesterday. I like that. I like that a lot, as a matter of fact. Makes sense. It does make sense. we have. How is the how's the book Buseyisms doing? I hope it's doing well. It's been out, uh, you know, for for a short time now, so things are rolling along well. I, I great. I'm glad to hear that. But word of mouth, and it's going to be the book signings I'm doing, which I'm doing one tonight, Barnes and Noble Bookstore at the Grove in L.A., 7 p.m. That's a wonderful thing. Are you coming to the Minneapolis St. Paul area to do a book signing? I hope so. I would love to. It has to be arranged through publishing. All right, I'll take it. I'll Just when I get there. Look, I greet everyone like family, and uh, then we uh, have fun talking about what's in the book. Yeah, I can see that, absolutely. I, 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 I'll I, take it upon myself to uh, talk to some of the local bookstores. I've, I always love bookstores anyway, but uh, I will talk. we got to get you up here, absolutely. You've been here before. you made movies well, here. so you know. Family. And listen, when you go to the bookstores, buy five of them. That way you can give them to people you don't like. <laughs> Being funny now, come on. <laughs> Another run. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a you good. Know, when, I, when I say something with the exuberant energy of a clown, you guys are dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> well, short. In a way, you kind of remind me of my dad when you do that, and that was not a good thing, Gary. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it all works out in the end, though. Memory out of. Hey, take the memory out of the bad and put it in the good. Because if you study neuro-linguistic programming, you'll be able to turn bad memories into good ones. That's a great thing. See, yeah, and that's exactly some uni, that's for sure. Yeah, no, yeah I do. some bad memories. I do. I do. I have a lot, well, he's, that's my son talking to me, Gary. He said that I do have a lot of bad memories from childhood. I do, I absolutely. <laughs> but so do you. But you've turned them around and, and become a very positive, oh. uh, loving person. That's wonderful. I don't have bad memories. I have memories of what happened. They're not bad or good. They just are what they are. Mm. Yeah, that's true. If you make them bad, you, if you make the memories bad in your own recollection of it, it's going to be bad for you. It's not going to help you at all. All right. Individually, so, you. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm I'm going to get to work. we got to get you up here. But we'll do it before it gets too cold. we got to get you up here in, uh, okay. in September, October. Uh, maybe the first week in November. After that, it's too damn cold here. So we'll get, we'll get you up here doing a book signing. No, no, no. Oh, no, nothing's too damn cold. It is what it is. Just put on another coat. That's very, very true. I can't wait to see you up here. I appreciate your call. I always hey. enjoy talking to you. Same here, partner. Thanks, Gary. Gary Busey, ladies and gentlemen, the book's yeah, called. Hey. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, bring me up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he just hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> he did that same thing the last time I talked to him. I'm talking to Gary Busey. We're having fun. Because I do. I really like him. He's a, He's been through a lot in his life. Yeah. But I really like the guy. And he was talking to me. Last time I talked to him, he's talking to me. He goes, yeah, I'll tell you, Tom, some unbelievable things. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way I feel. And I went, well. Then I heard the phone click. He just hung up <laughs> like he did just now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Gary's an interesting cat. Um, I just put a local story in the news section on the calendar. It's, oh, it did. made it's a local story that made national news on Fox News. St. Paul is no more. Oh no, no. 
It has sunken into the ocean. One of the greatest stories I've ever heard. You heard about, matter of fact, uh, Jerry Strike, who was the police chief that took that video, called into the morning show yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're doing a 9-11 salute on Tuesday. And just as the salute begins, they've got, you know, the, the fire truck. Mm-hmm. Got the ladder way up in the air with the bucket and everything. And they're gonna do. They're gonna honor all the, all the people from nine eleven. And just as it starts, this huge eagle lands on the perch. Oh, I, I saw a picture. It of that. Was, that was cool. Yeah, phenomenal. it was in Coon Rapids, just off uh, Highway Ten. There, I thought that yep. was a pretty cool story. Yeah, a, well, the bridge goes over what would the, what would the highway be? Uh, highway Ten. Yeah, or, it was ten. It was ten. Yeah, yep. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, what a great guy, Jerry Strike, out there in that area, Coon Rapids, mm-hmm. Fire Chief. But yeah, the thing, it, the timing could not have been better. It's unbelievable. One of the pictures, and I don't know how, I mean, obviously it's a real picture, but I don't know if it actually happened when they said it did. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I think it was the morning of 9-11. Somebody was at, I can't remember if it was Fort Snelling here, um, but it was kind of had, it was early, early morning, like probably right at uh, oh, yeah. dawn. yeah. And the dawn's early light. Yeah, and oh, so it had that kind of really? fall oh, I've fog seen that over picture the. Before, but I thought that was supposed to be Veterans Day when that happened. I can't remember. It's a I bald s- eagle standing on top of a headstone. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, it's I a great can- photo. Yeah, but some really? people, I didn't see that photo until nine eleven. And yeah, I, that's been around for a few years. Has it? Yeah. Okay. But I, I know I, they use it a lot with nine eleven tributes and stuff like that. But that was a pretty cool photo to see that. See, and I'll tell you, it honestly, was taken on a June morning. It says. A June oh, morning. June. Okay. okay. How many? How long ago, Andy? Does it say? Um, three or four years ago. Twenty eleven. Oh wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, I just don't know. It's hard to say. You know, somebody. You know, they say, "Oh yeah, we took this picture on this day," or you know, but it is an actual bald eagle sitting. You see the back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really neat picture. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. Thank you again to Gary Busey. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Well, your wife's been good to me. I carried that girl in the limousine. That was Gary Busey on the Best of. Coming up next, a familiar face. Almost forgotten, but not quite. Not even close. Mike Gelfand and Tom Bernard together again. On the best of. I wonder if her fever grows. No bumper music. No bumper music. Because no, Cassie. Well, Cassie has an appointment today that she has to take care of. Catherine's not here. Uh, LA Nick is in. Actually, kind of worked out because this whole next half hour is dedicated to uh, KQRS. I'm going to interview Mike Gelfand for KQRS. We'll deliver this audio to them, and it'll work out great. So uh, basically, Mike was just asking me, what do you want to talk about? And I just, I think the number one thing I want to talk about, where our friendship started many, many years ago, you interviewed me because I was doing a lot of voiceover work, and you were working for Ad Age. You are doing a piece for Ad Age. And you had a grudge against me. I did? <laughs> yeah. Remember, because I wrote that article for the Minneapolis Tribune, and -hmm. you claimed I took some horrible shot at you. It's true. I don't remember it quite that way. (laughs) It was true. You attacked me mercilessly. (laughs) That's right. It was unbelievable. Oh, it was horrible. I still haven't gotten over it. It was like a a little reference, but yeah, what was the the story was about, who was the guy that celebrated disc jockey who had like a six-month window where he was famous? 
remember that? No. He was some guy. <laughs> he, he did some show in New York. And for some reason, he was a, a big deal for, like I say, six, eight months. And so they sent me out to, it was KDWB, right? That was the one that was out uh, in Woodbury? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So they sent me out there. He was doing some appearance there. And I wrote something like, uh, like uh, oh, uh, it was Wolfman Jack. Wolfman oh, it was Jack. Wolfman Jack? It was the really? Wolfman, yeah. I, I saw him when he was in town. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, he was, was great. and he kind of growled. Yeah, he did kind of. <laughs> yeah. And Catman, you're stealing my ass. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. And so, so like, I had this, I didn't know anything about radio, right? right uh, what did I know? Right, I didn't right. listen to radio. I mean, uh, certainly not morning radio, that's for sure. And Because no. I wasn't up at that hour like I am not up at that hour anymore. And so I had some reference into the story about how big Wolfman Jack is. And I said, all, all across the country, you know, he's he's huge. And we even have a cat man here in See? our market. Yeah. Vicious attack. That was terrible. Personal attack. Vicious attack, personally. <laughs> no, it's... I'm really, I'm really glad you were willing to come in and do this interview because oh, it's great. I explained to people on the air this morning that Mike's not going to get up before ten, so he's not going to come in and do it. You know, so I'm going to interview him over at the podcast studio. We'll send the audio over. They'll edit whatever they want to edit, and God bless him. But it was such an interesting time because you and I met what about nineteen? Is it eighty? 83, 84, something like that? You know, I was going to say it was either 83 or 84. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was. Yeah. So, I think it was New Year's Eve, 83. Really? No, but I was saying, <laughs> I was I'm splitting say, the difference, that's all. <laughs> but you're right. Because I, I didn't remember quite the same way. <laughs> but you're right. I was I was doing this gig for Ad Age at the time. Right. And everybody kept saying, you know, there's this this guy. He's like, he owns the voiceover business here. He's, he's working everywhere. He's in New York. And he's, he's the go-to guy here. And, I, of course, I didn't know anything about the voiceover business either. Later on, mm-hmm. thanks to you, I, I did some voiceover work. Yeah, you did, absolutely. For a few years, it was pretty good. I was the nerd of choice. Nerd and loser dweeb of choice. Noodle, I don't think that's why we brought you on the show. No, no, but for, for yeah. doing commercials, which would never oh, would have, Well, that's true. Yeah, but that's that never true, would yeah. have happened if I hadn't been on the show. But anyway, they said, you got to talk to this guy. You know, do a piece on this guy, Tom Bernard. I said, fine. So sat down with you. We spent a lot of time driving around Lake Calhoun while you drink Diet Pepsi, as I recall, or Pepsi something. Light. Pepsi Light. Pepsi yeah. Light. Lemon flavor. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how the story well, turned out, true. but we got to be friends. The story was great, as a matter of fact. It was very, very nice. You pointed out in the article, it was that article was in '84 because I remember you put in the article that my voice appeared on a 1984 Olympics more than any athlete. Yes, did. that's right. That's right. <laughs> wow. It was unbelievable. You must have done pretty well at that spot. That was I would have done better except for because uh, I did all the seven uh, network TV spots for McDonald's for the 1984 Olympics. Yeah. They ran for two days, and then a guy in San Ysidro, California, killed 27 people at a McDonald's, and uh, uh, they yeah. shut down all the McDonald's commercials for the 80s. Probably cost them several hundred thousand dollars. That yeah. son of a bitch. That dirty bastard. <laughs> I'm, that's where the saying, I'm hunt, going to hunt man, came from. Oh, really? The guy in San Ysidro said, his wife said, where are you going? He said, to hunt man. Oh, uh, yeah, right. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd been on the show, and you know, just little bits and pieces. I'd do an hour at a time. So I'd been on the morning show, I don't know, like three, four months. Mm-hmm. One day, there's a call from me after the show. This guy's calling from, uh, I think it was Campbell Methune. And he says, yeah, we, we've been trying to figure out who your agent is. We can't find him. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, we want to book you, you know, for a, for a spot right. uh, this afternoon. And I'm thinking, okay, book me, spot. 
this after. I don't know what any of these you, things you are. Don't right? know, you don't know what that even means. So, so that's uh, phenomenal. So I said, oh, you know, let me call you back. I'll give you the contact information. I, you remember this? I came up to you and I said, you know, I, I need an agent. Actually, you sent me over to Victoria. Yeah, phenomenal. And, and our, our agent, and you know, she was for some reason willing to be my agent. And, she was great. She and was wonderful. yeah, and that afternoon I was doing the spot, pretending like I knew what I was doing. It was so wonderful because I do remember that um, I was talking to Dave Hamilton, who who was the one that made, got me to come back into radio. He called me when I was in New York and said, "You want to come back into radio?" And I just been told by Catherine that uh, we were going to have a baby. It turned out to be Andy. Uh, so I said, well, we can't raise a kid on 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in New York City. That's not, not going to work. No. So literally, when I hung up with her, the phone rang. It was Dave Hamilton saying, do you have any interest in getting back into radio? I said, what do you mean? He said, the morning show at KQRS. And I thought, yeah, you know what? I could do that. So I came back, and I was here for about a month or two, because you and I had already become friends a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Um, oh, we'd, I'd hang around with both you guys, because mm-hmm. you introduced me to Dave, and then I'd come over to your place, watch the Twins games. Or the bobbleheads. With the bobbleheads, which you... <laughs> which you uh, <laughs> Which you positioned in a strategic fashion, depending on the situation. No, you Corners have to, at the man. corners, two outs. Oh, well, then I got to turn him east. He's like, <laughs> no, that's right. That's yeah. exa- Where'd that come from? From North Minneapolis, all the, all the Italians and the Irish Catholics, <laughs> that they all believe in that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, was, I didn't believe in it, but I no. thought it was kind of cool. Oh, no, no. I I knew you didn't believe in it, but you guys were having fun. And then we I, and ball, then I yeah. was trying to keep you from having fun with my <laughs> yes, doer personality. Yeah, that's exactly what happened, mm-hmm. 100%. So... I'm talking to Dave Hamilton about how funny you are, and so you came in to talk to Dave, and then uh, the general manager at the time, I don't use general managers' names anymore, Yeah, because there are one or two that I like, and the rest of them I hate their guts, well, and sure. I always will for the well, rest that, of the, my the life. Well, one of the whole points, the basis of the show was a distaste for authority. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it still is. No, right, and that's what that's <laughs> what kind of bonded us, but also, that's you thought strategically, I was just you know, being instinctive, but we were on the same page almost all the time. And, and you know, yes. but but you knew, which I didn't know because I knew nothing about radio, but you knew that the vast majority of the people listening to us didn't care that much for authority either. No, that's exactly Because basically right. people don't care much for authority. Yeah, it's very true. 100% true. So we go in, the general manager goes, we're not hiring him. I said, why not? <laughs> He's got a terrible voice. I said, he doesn't have a terrible voice. He's got a human voice. That's the whole point. There's <laughs> a guy who sounds like a normal guy who's very funny. I mean, I've had this voice since I was 11 years old, but you don't want to, man, look, man, this is funny. You you don't need that. Uh, And of course, Dave put it a different way. Dave said, you think your voice is bad? You ought to listen to Dave Dahl, was it? Who was Dahl in Chicago? Oh, Steve Dahl. Steve Dahl. You ought to listen to Steve Dahl in Chicago. Steve's phenomenal. And he, He of course, was, yeah, he was big guy then, and he's still doing very well. Yeah, he is. I I just saw him, as a matter of fact, last month. He invented... People give Howard Stern the credit for inventing that new brand of radio. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't Howard Stern, it was Steve Dahl. Yeah. And Howard was in D- Detroit at the same time and he mimicked Steve Dahl. That and was, I, I guess I did too. Today. Radio was 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 radio in Chicago. Oh god, yes. And you know, Jonathan Brandmeyer, who mm-hmm. he went to Arizona eventually, but those guys, there was nothing like that here. Here no. it was, "How you doing, Chaska? <laughs> Good morning, Orno." Good phenomenal talk. Hey. To you. Yeah, no that that radio was I mean, you guys almost created radio in this market. You know what's funny about that is that 
Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group, does the commercials with me. Right. He said he just went over to Hubbard to cut some commercials. He said the sales managers and all the people came and talked to him and said, you know, would you tell Tom that the KQ Morning Show changed this market forever? It changed the way radio was done. Yeah. And we all made a lot more money yeah. because yeah. of the KQ Morning Show. Yeah. And they did. Everybody made a ton of money. Oh, yeah. No, there was, there was a lot of money being made in those days. And, oh, and yeah. Unfortunately, though, that morning radio is not going to be quite like that anymore because and i i think yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure you have your own thoughts about it but i think it's because this is what happens when you have monopolies yeah monopolies erase competition and once you're able to erase competition you don't have to hire great people and you don't have to do great work that's true and i think some people did take advantage of that unfortunately i wish they hadn't yeah but uh yeah they talked about how much more, more money everybody made and they said you know Tell Tom that that we we think you guys changed radio forever across the country, not just here, because it was all oh, God. I hate my boss. Right on the air, which <laughs> Steve Dahl did before I did, I ever did. Well, but that's just a human thing to do. It is. That was, yeah, that's yeah. it's the same thing we would say off the air, and that was to me the beauty of the show was you know you you had this gift which I which I figured out fairly quickly, but not right away. You had this gift of defining people's personalities and you created uh you could say a caricature but it was really almost more like a, a pretty accurate portrait of all these personalities on the show i don't mean radio oh, yeah, personalities yeah, i just yeah. mean human personalities they were none of them were radio people actually tony lee i guess was but he was a production guy he wasn't an announcer yeah yeah but he came on the show and and of course uh at that time um oh, what the hell is well and terry had just been working overnights mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and that was several years later actually we had marianne Sullivan that was before. later her. Yeah, yeah, we had Lee Balsvik. Yeah, well, that, I didn't, I knew, that had to be very brief, though, because by the time, yeah. I mean, I was there almost from the beginning, like six months six in. Six months, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think I was, uh, I don't think I, I, she was not part of the show, I don't think, then. I think but, Marianne was by then. Yeah. And I love Marianne. And I still you, see her once in a while. And, and look, it's it's just a fact. You basically created Mark Rosen. I, I, Mark is know, a wonderful guy too. Yeah, but I mean, you you made him into a, you made him into a radio star. And well, we did together. All well, of us together, did together, sure. Well, everything was joint. But the point is, you were able to define people, and that let the listeners know who that person was, what their, why these people were distinctive and funny, mm-hmm. and 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 I, that just didn't happen anywhere else. It was really funny about after we were on the air about a year, I guess, something like that. Somebody came over and said, "My God, your show is so different from anything else in the United States." And I said, "What? What do you mean?" Because you don't know why your show so different i said no i just brought in some friends and life has been grand and all the rest of it he said no no you have the only morning show in in america that has two women in prime time yeah three jews yeah that's right two black people yeah so this show's not like any other show in america and what's great about that mike is to this day i'm homophobic and racist <laughs> how that was true i will never because i remember i well 17 years ago i said you know this the whole idea of gay marriage let if people want to get married what the hell do you care i i, I guarantee you that jesus or muhammad or whomever they don't care well uh, yeah <laughs> Relax. how bizarre is it that that gay people People were prevented from marrying and from being in the military mm-hmm. because you know the two things that most people would be happy to avoid, right? <laughs> well, you, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. that's for sure. But, but, you for you know, sure. But the other thing, there were there were a lot of people on the show. 
And people would say, well, it's kind of like a dysfunctional family. Well, look, you and I came from, everybody says I come from a dysfunctional family. You and I came from families that were wracked with mental illness. Oh, there's no doubt about that, man. <laughs> I mean, they, beyond dysfunctional, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to get in competition for my family was sicker than yours. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, but look, those families were were seriously troubled families. Yeah, they were absolutely they were, and to this day, to this day, it's uh, always will it, affect you. It, it, yeah, it, it will affect me for the rest of my life. Sure. As a matter of fact, I said, you know, there were a couple of people I didn't enjoy working with, mm-hmm. and I said, and they said, why didn't you like working with them? I said, to tell you the truth, I perceive that they might have been a little bit unstable, mm. and if you're unstable or emotionally challenged or maybe a little nuts or whatever it is, it would immediately make me think of my father, which made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. But, you know, it lasted for years and years and years anyway, but I'm still the biggest prick ever born. But that's just how that is. And homophobic. And homophobic and racist. Don't forget racist. I forgot that one. Yeah, you got to get that in there too. Um, They couldn't call me an anti-Semite, I guess. But somebody, remember the first year (laughs) when you and Rosen and Tony Lee were all on the show, three Jews on the show. Uh, Yeah. And somebody called the Jewish Defense League and said, that guy Bernard's anti-Semitic as hell. Oh, I got a like, call. What? I got a call from. <laughs> I got a call from the Jewish Federation. Yeah, yeah. Like probably six months in. That's right. What it was. This guy called me up and he said, you know, there's, uh, you know, you're you're perpetuating stereotypes about about our people. And you I mean said, being funny. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> being funny and depressed, right? Right. Exactly. I'm sorry. I was funny and depressed, yeah, and still and you, am. And you still are. Yeah, but it's it's under control. And, uh, and okay. you know, and I said, well, you know, here's the thing. We're doing a show, and uh, name another Jew who works in radio. Right. I, I, you couldn't really. I couldn't then, and I'm not sure I could now, but, but you know, that's the whole point. And the guy said to me, well, let me just ask you, uh, what's more important, uh, uh, your profession or your faith? And I said, look, I don't have any faith in anything. <laughs> well, there you <laughs> so go. So you're kind of talking to the wrong guy. You really are. We'll be right back in two minutes. Mike Gelfand uh, for the KQ Morning Show was, it changed radio forever. Many people followed your example and got into radio. Well, they did. I don't know about that. But... Well, we'll be right back to talk about that Tom Bernard show. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. That was Mike Gelfan on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the old vault. All the way back to episode nine with comedian Paula Bell. Next on the best of. Cause we got him on the spot Welcome back Welcome back Welcome back Welcome back Welcome back We're ready to go? Okay, I'll patch her in Fabulous, thank you Yes Oh, there she is Are you sober? No I haven't sobered up since I'm six years old I was drunk in the uterus Now listen He said he's patching me into the system What system? Is this the government? I don't trust people from Minnesota Let's clear that up right now Since you guys decided to wake me up Because, you know, you have uh, 
things to do out there. Like go to that damn mall. I <laughs> need I need to point out, by the way, that I spoke to Paula a couple of weeks ago for the first. Who is this? This is, <laughs> this is Tom Bernard. From... Is, this the guy, is this the floating? Is this the hologram of the radio persona that's, that nobody gets to see? That's exactly right. <laughs> oh my God! You've tracked me down. A hologram has tracked me down. <laughs> Unbelievable. For the first. Ten minutes of the show with Paula, I thought she was Hugh Hefner's daughter because she had two pills in her mouth the whole time. <laughs> Dave Listen, they were just pills. aspirin. That's what we call it in the women's correctional facility, aspirin. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Okay. I still find it uh, a little discerning that uh, I go on a radio show. I go in into an empty room. There's one guy playing video games. <laughs> Okay, nobody's even paying attention to me. I mean, I could have, you know, it's like a women's bathroom in there. <laughs> I should have just taken a dump and walked out oh, is what I should have done. Oh, you delicate flower. And then come to find out, you, Tom, are like some major radio persona oh, afterwards. Are you? Don't say that. Probably just some dude in a recliner somewhere. <laughs> Maybe. Talking hoarders. <laughs> Maybe it's true. I had such such fun with you that day, even though you at first sounded like you were miserable. I at least had a lot of fun doing the show with you. Like some people call it misery, I call it passion. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, one thing is kind of nice. We just started. This is the ninth episode of the podcast, and it's going very well. well. What do you do? Do I get paid for this? I don't think so. Congratulations. You're going to call me on your birthday, too? Am I going to celebrate that, too, hologram? I suppose you want a present. Paul, I, I, I have to come to Vegas to do two shows on my birthday, November 7th. We, we do two shows every year in Las Vegas. You should come to Las Vegas. That'd be good. Oh, how cavalier. Now you're telling me you have gigs in Vegas when I don't even have a gig in Vegas? I should come and see you, Elvis? Huh? I suppose Celine's going to be there belting out a few tunes, still. I have better things to do than drive my ass four hours through a hot desert to see a fucking hologram, all right? So that's a no? So that's but thanks, a no. Tom, for the invite. Oh, you're a sweetheart. How do, how do we sweeten the pot? What, what would it take? There's no sweetening the pot. No, is it a show? You guys want me to work on the show? That, it's a live what, do broadcast. I hold the right for the hologram so he shows up just right on stage? <laughs> I actually did my first TV interview in 22 years the other day. Oh, oh, okay, so tell me where I can find you so I can see what you actually look like. You're probably a black guy. That's exactly right. <laughs> never heard that before. Yeah, I've never heard that before. No, not at all. <laughs> All the Minnesotans think you're like this real hip white guy. You're probably some old black pimp or something. <laughs> well, my father. Let me ask you a question then. <laughs> I want to. I do want to know why it is because I don't find it negative at all. I find it very, very funny. But you get to say things about gay people that no one else gets to say. Why is that? Uh, probably because I fuck a lot of gay dudes. <laughs> no, I don't oh. fucking know. So, you know what? I have a certain je ne sais quoi when it comes to talking about people, all right? Not a lot of fucking hilljacks do, but I seem to have it. It's called balls, Tom, and if I ever see you live in person, I'm going to put my hand between your legs and make sure you have a pair. Oh. That's what it's called. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Radio Personality, who nobody gets to see. Clears it up, then. Was he really on TV? What TV channel was it? Do I get it? It's called, no, uh, no, well, you can get it online. PBS Antique Roadshow? What was it? 
Who was the news on WCCO Channel 4 in Minneapolis? It's on tonight at 10 o'clock. It's probably on their the website. New. Yeah. This was actually what did new. You do? I just talked about the fact. I don't know. The fact that I do a radio show and a podcast, I guess I'm the only guy in America that does both. Can something. we be honest? Do news people suck? Do newscasters <laughs> suck? They no, just want to be comics. So, or, or even hologram radio personalities. They want to be something <laughs> other than what they are. Well, that's they true. sit in those little chairs. Oh, my God. I just had the, oh, my God. I just had an interview with some uh, famous uh, Asian news personality in Canada. And she's, she's, like, cute. And they put me on the show, and she just interrogated me. And what she was trying to ask me was, was I gay? Was I a dyke comic? <laughs> she, 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 she interrogated me for a half hour before and told me about all these gay poetry sessions she had been to and all this bullshit. And she had come to my show, and I said she... And because I think when she was at the Nasty Show, she, I said on stage, a lot of people think I'm gay because a lot of female comics are gay. And I said, you know, I'm not. But if I if I had to be, I'd get an Asian chick. You know what I'm saying? Manicure and a pedicure. Look it up, bitch. Let's go. That is pussy's a hard gig. It's a hard gig. I wouldn't want it. But somebody's cleaning corns if I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody's peeling a bunion off if I have to do that. <laughs> but aren't newscasters sucky? Did you have a good time or no, Hologram? I'm talking to you. Well, actually, as it turns out, the reporter who did it, he's a, their news anchor there, and his mother and my mother were best friends. So it, it was oh, pretty comfortable. Jesus. It was comfortable? It was comfortable, yes. Oh, God. You Minnesotas. You're too fucking friendly. That's the problem. Minnesotas. <laughs> we get that Why don't you just take your asses up to Canada and join them? My my daughter made a comment. Uh, my daughter, Alex, our, our daughter, Alex, is on the show. I, this, this podcast is done with my wife and my two children and a guy named Tony Lee I used to work with. So the family's all here. So in other words, I'm talking to a family right now with yep. kids? Yeah. Oh, but no, this is TLC. Get me the fuck off this podcast. This is TLC. <laughs> How many kids do you have? One daughter but 18 sons, right? Let's no. get into this. We have one son, Andy's 25, and one daughter, Alexandra, who's 23. How does he look? How does he look? Mama's ha- getting hungry. <laughs> you gonna pull a cougar move on him? I should have been a school teacher. I swear I'd be getting laid left and right right now. <laughs> These young boys are good, especially out there in Minnesota with all those hormones and stuff. They do have a lot of hormones. That milk, that milk you guys give them. Andy, why don't you say hello to Paula? <laughs> hello, Paula. Who is this? This is Andy. I'm Tom's son. Hologram Junior. Yes. Is he gay? <laughs> Got Andy? That voice. Why is he talking like that? He's talking like he's in an A meeting. <laughs> Hello, Paula. I'm Andy, well, the hologram son. I think he's I'm also an alcoholic. Come on. Lighten up, kid. You're supposed to be living life off your parents right now. He is. <laughs> yes, he is. Good guess, Paula. He's a shock. Yeah, your parents with the podcast. Woo-hoo. Other parents give their kids shit like cars and stuff. But you get to be on a podcast. <laughs> well, that's a good thing, isn't it? I think he senses that he needs to be a calming influence. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it. somebody does in that family. Jesus, your parents are on heroin. <laughs> so, Paula. When Wait, you... is this Andy or the hologram? Oh, uh, this is the hologram. I could talk like this if you'd like. It'd be scary. No! <laughs> 
don't talk like your son. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you sound like, Andy. I never you knew. Did you Did you ever get that uh, closet door closed? You said you wanted the, to close the gay closet door for a while. They just keep coming out. They're just pouring out. No, you Today don't. in Starbucks, I asked a gay guy. He was Asian, too, on top of everything. God forbid you ask them where they get their shoes. Prada. <laughs> it's not Prada. You don't have to say fucking... Just say Prada. I'm not buying no fucking Prada shoes. Anyway, bitch, I don't even have $600 to spend on a pair of shoes, nor six more minutes to finish till you get to the end of that word coming out of your throat. <laughs> God. You don't dislike gay people, you just... No, just don't try to out-bitch me. Well, at this point, they couldn't. I can you know how many that. fights I get in with hairdressers? Oh, my God, you wonder why my hair's short. They fucking try to whack it every time I go in there. I mean, it's like fist fight. They finally got a hold of me. They pinned me down. It was like ultimate fighting champion. <laughs> I thought you looked good in your publicity photo. Oh, yeah, yeah. They make me up real good. Then I beat the shit out of them. Is this when you're doing, you're doing blow and uh, alcohol at the same time? Catherine, tell her. What oh, you're... your emails have been hilarious. I, ca- I kept changing the time on her. It's like, can you do this? I know it's hard for you to get up in the morning because you're in the business. Yeah, I can't even believe you waste emails on a 15-minute time change. Like, is that is that what kind of low life you think I am, that I'm not going to be around 15 <laughs> fucking minutes later? No, I thought you were booked all the time. Get off my case. <laughs> I am. Oh, she's a testy little son of a bitch. Now it's on. Look, listen, lady. All right, there's nothing I do if I'm up this early besides pluck chin hair, so I don't look like Nick Nolte. <laughs> All right, I got one I'm fighting with. It takes me a good hour. You don't have to change, you know, the time on me. It takes me a good hour to fight this one. It looks like it belongs on Colin Farrell's ass. <laughs> it's a bastard. It's, it's a, a bastard. Ba- it's a rogue chin hair that I just play with all day until I get to go back on stage and complain about my life. Oh, uh, you don't complain about your life. Actually, I, I like just watching you on stage talking about your life and the fact that you're 45, I think you said now. But that's a good Yeah, that's what I've been saying for 10 years, asshole. If you want a hologram, you wouldn't believe that shit. This <laughs> <laughs> cracking You up. might have a point. <laughs> but honestly, back to when you're sitting there with Dave Morton. Did, did you know Dave Morton all before? No, not at all. But he that gave... was the kid playing the video games. Oh, that's right. And he, but he gave you two, two aspirin, two pills or something. Two pills. Yeah, he gives pills out. Because he must hate fucking female comics. I do, too. But he must really fucking hate them. Because you sit down and he doesn't even turn his head. He doesn't even turn his head. He thinks he's like a pilot on a plane or something. He doesn't even turn to look at you. And he doesn't even address you, which is kind of nice. You know what I mean? It's usually the guys I'd like to fuck that are like that. You know, they ignore me for a good amount of time. And I'm like, how am I going to get in there? You know what I'm saying? i got to figure out the angle. The angle. So, so guys, there's your tip. And then he gave me pills. And what you didn't see, Hologram, because you're not even in the building, is after he gave me the pills, I was blowing him. That's why you like him. <laughs> oh. At family reunions, do you kind of like entertain the family? Oh, how nice. Now you think I have a family. Isn't that sweet? I assume like you Like a did. regular person. I was raised by wolves. <laughs> You can kind of tell, actually. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Listen, I do have a family somewhere on Ancestry.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they are. And no I'm going to ask the Mormons to look them up for me, those Mormons. They'll find them. If I want a family, I'll get a family. Are you married? Were you ever married? Or is it none of my goddamn business? No, I'll talk about everything. You know that. I'm an I open book. I'm a lady. What <laughs> would you like? No. Yes, long ago, I was married once 
I was married too fucking young, walking down the aisle with a backpack on, full of weed. I was trying to sell dime bags on the way down. <laughs> so it worked out? I got married to get out of high school. I wasn't even knocked up. I just wanted to get the fuck out of school. I brought my blind mother down to the courthouse and had me sign her over. She didn't even give a fuck. She hadn't even met me until I was 16. She was like, oh, thank God, you've been here a year. We'll see you later. You enjoy your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> no. It's my life. You wanted to know. See, and then when you start telling people, they're like, oh, you know, nobody fucking cares. So don't act like you care if I have a family, if you don't want to hear the true stories about my family. We holograms care. Please we do. really do. <laughs> You're a real caring bunch. Uh, we're very Is caring. Is this the same chick that was on the radio, too? No. No, that's my, actually, oh, you should have married that broad. She was a cute-looking broad. Hey! You look like you were hey. hey! I'm not saying you're chopped liver or anything. I just haven't seen you. And when you walk in that station, there's a chick there who waves hi, and she's the only nice one. I think she's the only one alive. But she reminds me of that WKRP show. <laughs> yeah. <I laughs> you know who I'm that. talking about? Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> she was the only one who addressed me as a human being. Everybody else just fucking threw steaks at me and watched me grovel <laughs> on the floor for them. Like a wild animal. I actually don't go to the station, so I don't know who's at the front door. Of course you don't, hologram. You just float around in cyberspace. It's fun, though. It's a good gig. It's a good time. Yeah, I bet. I learned from Paula Bell. And first of all, I should point out, our daughter Alex said, when are we going to have a, a, a female Comic-Con? When are we going to have a woman on? I said, well, Paula Bell. And she said... Oh, oh and where is she right now? I'm She's, right here. Oh, God. They, well, I am in the house with the whole family. Yep. <laughs> you are. Is she knocked up? How old is she? Is she knocked up already? I swear to God. She's got this shocked Just look at her. Just duct tape and duct tape her legs shut right now. Just go get duct tape out of the garage because you don't want that coming home to you. Trust me. I can't we'll take it anymore with these teens. <laughs> we, we'll, She's not, not a teen anymore. We did manage to get her through her, twen- her teens without getting pregnant. Woohoo! Good parenting. Yeah, good. Well, period. that's good. We scared her half yeah. to death with the whole "what babies will do to you" stories. You know, <laughs> it's the only way to do what it. What do they do? Yeah. You did the mean what girls. Do do? If you have sex, you get pregnant and die. Yes, I did. I oh, told they're her. terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> I have two grown daughters myself. I haven't brought them home from the hospital yet. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> they can stay there. <laughs> They don't do anything. These kids, look at your kids. They're in there right now when you're working. This is work, kids, podcast. Even though your parents are funny, this is actual work, all right? But you two have no life. You can't even get a job at fucking Jamba Juice in the mall or that phone place. you got to be right there with your parents. You see, they never fucking leave. They never leave. No, I told my daughters. I told, I called them up the other day. I go, you bitches are going on toddlers and tiaras. They go, what are you talking about? We are 24 and 23 years old. I said, you bitches owe me. Now start practicing the wave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paula. Oh, my God. My, my daughter thought your name was Paul LaBelle. So it's how yeah, you- whatever. Who cares? It's not like I'm going to send her money. Who cares? <laughs> You can call me Asshole McGee. I don't care what you call me. Uh, That's asshole. what I've been referring to. You. Just don't call me when you're pregnant. Now, did you duct tape her legs yet? We took care of that for you. <laughs> I found out from Paula Bell, by the way, that the spelling B-E-L, the last name, is Hispanic. Or did you just say Mexican? Who cares? Well, I was... let you browse. Come on. Picking oranges is picking oranges. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you just take a big drink of? We heard you gulp. It's Starbucks. I told her I already got in a fight with a gay guy there this morning. 
<laughs> but I, now, what's your Tony Lee was the one who just asked you that question. Tony's an old family friend working on the podcast with us. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's a nice Jewish boy. What do you think of that? Who cares? I'll use his yarmulke as a diaphragm. Who cares? <laughs> oh Jewish God. boy. They never gave me a dime. I'm half Catholic, half Jewish. I make the signal halfway and I pocket the rest. <laughs> I don't care about religion. <laughs> A nice Jewish boy. So what? He's used to being berated and paying for everything. That's every fucking boyfriend I've ever had. (laughs) I don't need any more guilt, Paula. Yes, you do. (laughs) You live for it. You live for it, you sap. And we'll go on a little trip to Israel and collect rocks. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Did we cover all the bases? Jews, fags, children, duct tape? I don't know. That's up to you. If there are more things that you want to rant about. Do you consider yourself a ranter or just a loud talker. Listen, I say rant because people, these hillbillies, seem to understand that. But it's just passion. I'm full of love. If you don't get that, that from is. my shows, my podcasts, and everything else I do, my beating up gaze at the hair salon, you sure. don't know that that comes from love, then you don't know love. That's what I'm saying. So do you actually do a podcast? You fucking! I knew you were government. I knew it. <laughs> no, I just thought maybe because a lot of comedians now are doing their own podcast. Yeah, I don't have time for that. I want to pluck my chin hairs, go on stage, say what I want to say, and go home, sit my whiskey, and fall asleep with my cat. Big fucking deal. <laughs> now you do have some advice about uh, about the age of the men you sleep with because you said you don't go for the younger guys, correct? I, if I was a school teacher, I would. I'd fuck them all because that's what you get for leaving them there for eight hours. <laughs> Okay. But no, I sleep with older guys because they sleep. They go to bed. <laughs> Good night, Grandpa. Nighty night. Paula, we have to have you on again very, very soon. You, you're incredible. This was the end of it? I'm not that busy, my friend. Keep talking. Okay, we'll keep talking. <laughs> just got comfy. Again, you guys I... act like you have shit to do. What are your kids doing? Just sitting there staring at you? Yeah. Hoping you make more money? <laughs> yes. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> Send me a picture of that boy. Send me a picture of that boy. Oh, Andy, say hello to Paula again. <laughs> hello, Paula. Oh, Jesus Christ, if this kid, I swear. Oh, my God. What is wrong? Is he slow? <laughs> Are you smoking pot? Not now. Go in your bedroom and measure your chest. I can't listen to your fucking voice anymore. you got to shut the fuck up. It's driving me nuts. I'm serious. You should see the look on his face right now, Paula. It's priceless. It's mass confusion. Yeah, yeah. he probably hasn't even closed his mouth yet because his words come out so slow. His no, jaw's still open. Oh, my God. He's, is he a minister? What is he? Is he a youth pastor? He just likes He's a very laid-back kid. Yeah, that's no, seriously, it. that's how he talks to you guys? Yeah. Just punch him right in the face. Just punch him right in the face. <laughs> Actually, you might want to talk to Andy about this subject. We didn't know this, but Andy spends a lot of time. He, he loves to learn things, right? He lo- likes to learn new things. Oh, my God. He does sound <laughs> special. That's crazy. Oh he just made him sound seriously weird. special to me. the Adams Andy. Do you know Colin Moulton? Do you know the comedian? Who? He's a really good guy. Really nice guy. So Andy was talking to him, and they were talking about, I don't know, reproductive organs on animals or whatever. Sure. <laughs> the usual. Stuff. And Andy said to Colin, you know, ducks are asshole rapists. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. But I want to talk to you about your son. If he's <laughs> talking about reproductive organs on animals, he's a fucking killer. Didn't Dahmer do that too? <laughs> Look in the fridge. In the face and lock the door.
door. Get him out of the house. <laughs> Andy the serial Ooh, killer. Don't give him your address. He's a serial killer. What, does he work in a chocolate factory, too? <laughs> <laughs> a little Jeffrey Dahmer reference. I like it. Very, very good. Well, isn't that what they say about the kids? Don't When they start talking about animals and what's inside of them and cutting them up and stuff, has he ever cut, cut up an animal? Have you, Andy? Only in science class, right? Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, because I went to science class. <laughs> Sometimes I'll walk oh, into his computer room and he's cutting up animals, you know. So let me ask you guys something. Since you're obviously some kind of leave it to beaver fucking family that really doesn't exist, but then again, your dad's a hologram. <laughs> what what do they do? What time is it there? How come they're not out of the house? He's 25? Yes. We don't live at home I, anymore. Oh, they don't live at home, but they're there. Yeah, they come in and do the podcast with us every day. I just, I'm not getting this. Why don't they have lives of their own? Seriously. <laughs> I've never needed Who one. Who wants to be with their parents? <laughs> We're strange that way. I'm, I'm going to need a picture of this. You guys are going to have to tweet me. I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Okay. Are you Mormons? These, these are Mormons. Aren't no. We'll ta- you guys are in Utah. You fucked me. You fucked me. You're in Utah. <laughs> Paula... Join us again very, very, as soon as you possibly can, because it just, you brighten our day. You know what? I think I'm going to load this handgun and go to Vegas. I'm going to be waiting for you. (laughs) All right, well, please do. I'd love to see you in Vegas. That'd be wonderful. Tweet me when you get there. Yeah, of course. And I suppose the kitties get to go, right? Circus, circus, and all that shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my dear. We'll we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Paula. All right. Thanks for having me. You're a marvel. Let me know if you need a babysitter. (laughs) It's at Real real Paula Bell, right? Real Paula Bell. At Real Paula. Paula Bell. So check her out. Yep. She's very, very funny. The very funny Paula Bell. Thank you, dear. Thanks for having me, Cleavers. These clips have evacuated the vault and are now seeking refuge in the best of the Tom Bernard podcast, brought to you by Brad Sean Bryant. Great clips this week from Gary Busey. Mike Gelfan and Paula Bell. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. And good luck, everyone, on the East Coast. I was so-